This week on the Hands Off CEO podcast, we share a replay of the biggest mistakes scaling to 1 million and beyond. There are plenty of mistakes you can make while scaling your service business, but what's the single biggest mistake that threatens to stall your growth to your first million and beyond? Chances are, if you're having trouble growing, you're making it. Is your current success putting a lot of demands on you? If you're good at what you do, and you are, then everyone wants you. But that's no way to scale. If you're delivering spectacular results, you should be commanding higher fees, working with only the best clients. Welcome to the Hands Off CEO Podcast, where world-class agency owners and consultants learn how to fully monetize their expertise and scale profits by doing less. Here's your host, Mandy Ellison. Hi, this is Mandy Ellison, your host of the Hands Off CEO podcast. I can't wait to share with you an exciting episode that this is some really great stuff that I've been working on over the past decade. I'm really excited to share it with you today. And the more that I have developed the ideas behind this, the easier it is for the clients that I work with to really understand it and get better results. So I'm really excited to be sharing it with you today. So the topic is the number one biggest mistake scaling to your first million and beyond. This is really an important topic that I wanted to focus on just the number one biggest mistake. I actually wrote this great article on this. this there's the seven biggest mistakes, uh, scaling your business. And if you want to go to handsoffceo.com forward slash mistakes, then you can find all seven of them. But this is the biggest one, the most important one. So I wanted to dedicate an entire episode just to this. I want to point out that there's a landscape that we're all playing in as service business owners, and it's impacting you whether you know it or not. I wanted to help you connect the dots. You're probably noticing different things that are happening in the global marketplace that's really turning the economy upside down for how custom-based services are actually delivered, how they're sold, what clients are willing to pay for them. There is this, this whole thing that's happening behind the scenes that you might not actually be noticing. You might not be able to get the clear picture on. So I'm going to connect the dots for you so that you can see how your business can not only survive in such a competitive economy, but how you can actually thrive and make your business incredibly strong and resilient in the process. What's happening is that customers in every industry are demanding more than ever. This is an increasingly global economy. And as a consumer, there are more choices than ever. And as a business owner, there's more competition than ever. Have you noticed that maybe clients are starting to demand lower prices? They are demanding better service. Just look at the consumer world. Look at what's happening there. You can rent and watch a movie from your couch. And then you can have Uber deliver your dinner from a couple taps on your smartphone. And we have a two-day guaranteed free delivery on almost any product you want, courtesy of Amazon. And most products you buy from Amazon, they not only have a money-back guarantee, but the return shipping is also free, picked up from your door. So this is the new norm that we've adjusted to as consumers. Almost any business information, information product sold online, it comes with a guarantee. This is the shift in the consumer business world. And this is a trend that's already impacting these products. Like it or not, it's spilling over into B2B services as well. So the question is, is are you going to resist this and have to reluctantly catch up? Or will you benefit by being ahead of the curve? and massively stand out in your industry. Basically, 
If you make these mistakes, you're at risk of becoming commoditized and will have intense pressure to lower prices to compete. So those who scale their businesses the right way are going to be positioned to increase market share and continue to grow in an increasingly sustainable and profitable way. So how do you stay above the curve? You stay ahead of the curve by leading with quantifiable results, not just your process, being willing to stand by your work. And if you want to attract higher level clients who are happily going to pay more for your services, you need to be able to communicate your value in a way that helps prospective clients see that they stand more to lose by not hiring you. Now, I'm sure this isn't the first time you've heard this. Marketers are always talking about positioning, about communicating value, and about building value. But the real problem might not be in how you're communicating it. And very much is oftentimes the case. But you need to first look at something that's more important. The more important part is actually talking about your actual service, the, the service itself. It's not just how you're talking about it. So a lot of people don't want to talk about this. It's this dirty little secret in the services world. The way that they're solving it is just by selling more. And it's just like rolling the dice each time. You know that a certain percentage of customers are going to get a great result. But what about the ones that don't get a great result? You need more integrity than that. If you are working with clients that are not getting results, you need to understand why that is and look at how you can eliminate that so that you could only have very best case studies with every single client you work with. This dirty little secret, though, is it just it creates a lot of shame. Maybe you've experienced this before where you've taken clients' money and you failed to deliver a result. It's rough, right? I think we've all been in that case. But there are so many reasons why a client might not get the result that they want working with you. A lot of times it's because actually the client wasn't set up to get success with you in the first place. So let me give you an example of, you know, a lesson learned from me. You Maybe you can relate with this. So there's this client that I worked with some years back. I really struggled to make a difference with him. I'm going to call him Sam. So Sam had all the perfect systems in his business. He did all the right things about setting a vision and regularly communicating with his team. I mean, he had really created some nice systems. He spent an enormous amount of time himself building this all, this structure. And they had put the clients first and the clients were always happy. But what was happening though is that a lot of this is just being shouldered on Sam. He was responsible for all of this and he was really finding it difficult to get his team to take on more of the responsibility of seeing things through. His team, they weren't bad. Actually, I think he had some good people on his, his team but sometimes he'd feel like they were just putting in minimal effort and that Sam had the burden of checking up on everything. Part of this was letting go for Sam, part of it, and really trusting his team. But the bigger part was that he was so harsh and critical of his team. And he was actually a nice guy and he meant well, but he just didn't like people. It was very difficult for him to connect with them. So the team didn't really listen to him when he wasn't there, and he had a hard time motivating them. Why I am sharing this is that I have learned that people like Sam, I cannot work with his clients. I couldn't really help him because he was not able to actually follow through on what I asked him to do. So this was a few years back. So at this point, I have even more ideas on how to solve this problem. But at the core of it, he just was unable to give up his story that his team didn't care and only he did, and that Sam was right and they were wrong. There was some growth as a leader that he needed to make, but he wasn't either ready or willing to do it. Now I have some very specific questions that I ask in a screening process to flush this out. And I rarely attract these type of clients anymore either. It was like I learned this lesson and the people like that don't show up anymore. The people who do show up are ready to grow as leaders and take responsibility. So 
you need to understand your business failure points and to think through everything that would prevent you from really hitting out of the park every time with your clients. Your benchmark is not your average. Your benchmark are your very best case studies. So you want to be building your marketing message, your sales process, your back-end delivery, your team development, not around the averages, but around the very best examples of your work and only accept clients that you can do your very best work for and have that integrity. Turn away work that you don't have so much certainty that you can win, that you could almost guarantee it. And then you actually consider guaranteeing part of it. And all of this should be around what does it take for each client to be your very best case study, the very best results that you could possibly do. This takes something. This is probably different than the way you are operating right now. I get it. This is a new way of operating. It means turning away new business. It means having to re-engineer what you're doing, maybe, so you can deliver better and better results. But this is what it takes for your clients to have more certainty that you're going to actually be able to deliver on the results. Here's some things to think about, some just general takeaways from this. Is your service good enough? What is your success rate? What does it take for you have to deliver an excellent service every time for a client. So think about all those things that they need to have in place for you to really almost guarantee that the service is going to be a bang out success for them. Clients need more certainty. What can you do to give them that? One of the tools that I use with my clients is what I call a client success map. And this is breaking down the process into outcome oriented steps. We reverse engineer it. It ends with the actual outcome that their clients want. And then you work back and then each one of those steps, they're really based on certain outcomes that all lead to the general big outcome that they want. And for business, it's, it's usually related to more profit on, on some level. Everything breaking down to that point of the outcome that they want, solving at least a six-figure problem. So you might have seen some of these before. Maybe your competitors have these process maps, but here what they are is they're, they're really just around processes. This is our proprietary system. And they show them about, about these different steps, but it's all about the business's process and not necessarily about their outcome. So that's an important distinction. Think about that as you're building a client success map. So the other thing, stand by your results. It's not just about your customer service. It's all about the outcome. It's not about how many clients you've served. It's not about awards. All of those are just tiny bits of evidence for prospects that you can deliver results. And the more of these things they see, there's more of this evidence, the higher the chance. But they don't buy because of the substance of the evidence. They buy because the evidence is compelling enough and that they believe that you can actually get the outcome. So don't mistake the two. Discerning clients are starting to see through it. I'll just give you an example. Marketing agencies, plenty of award-winning marketing agencies. They have all these big clients, the logos on their website, have good customer service, but really at the end of the day, they're delivering lackluster results. So there are a lot of clients that are becoming very discerning of that and all that evidence that used to work just doesn't work anymore. What they really want is outcomes. So deliver that. Here's the thing. They're going to be willing to pay for more of a certain, uh, for more certainty that they'll get the result. So this is the key to increasing your fees, by the way. So listen up here. Wouldn't you pay more for a higher certainty? Think about this. Maybe you'd pay $5,000 for a $100,000 result if there was maybe a 70% chance of getting it. That's kind of the game. Just like, well, there, there's no certainties. There's always risk involved, but what would it take for you to lower the risk for your clients and maybe even bear some of the risk for them? Thinking about $5,000 for a $100,000 result. If it's 70% chance, that's a reasonable risk reward. 
Now, think about this. Would you pay $10,000 or $20,000 for a $100,000 result if there was a 95% chance of getting it? I'm sure you would. And these are smaller numbers, and you might be playing in a lot larger numbers than this. But I'm just trying to give you some flat numbers that you can see is that you're more willing to pay a higher amount of money when the certainty of you getting the result is higher. So lower the risk, and it provides more value to your clients. And more value allows you to have higher fees. And the best clients are going to be willing to pay you more. So higher fees for the same work equals massively more profit. That's what we want. That is how to leverage before you scale. You got to leverage before you scale so that there is enough profit to actually be able to fund the growth in your business. And if you don't do that, then you're going to be trying to scale your business on very shaky ground. And that is the number one biggest mistake that service business owners make as they are scaling to their first million, as they are trying to get past that, the next growth levels beyond that in the multiple millions. So this is a missing piece to profitably scale. And it's all about value. It's the same when you're getting started. Then you're stuck at some plateau in the multiple six figures. And I see the same challenge for a particular client right now at $3 million. I mean, this is a solution for the problem that creeps up in a number of different growth plateaus. Leverage first, then scale. This is the biggest mistake. But if you want to see all seven mistakes, go to handsoffceo.com forward slash mistakes. That's it for today. If you are enjoying the content in this podcast, please do us a favor. Go over to iTunes, leave us an honest review. I would really appreciate it. It helps us get the message out to more people and really contribute to this mission that we have of helping thousands of service business owners really scale their business in a way where they have more freedom, where they have more income, where they really have the ability to impact more people, both in their business and then outside of their business because they have more time and more freedom to actually do more good in the world. Thanks for listening. This is Mandy Ellison, host of the Hands Off CEO podcast, signing off.